0: All right, good morning. I'm in a hurry to get things done. Oh, I rush and rush until life's no fun. All I really got to do is live and die, but I'm in a hurry and I don't know why. How many of you have heard that little song by Alabama? Yeah, Levi's an Alabama fan, I just found. He's going to pull out the old CDs and all of that, but okay, second question, be honest. How many of you can actually relate to the words of that song? Numbers of us can, absolutely. Are there days when you feel like you've unintentionally joined the rat race, that you are rushing and rushing until life has really become no fun? Have you ever found yourself saying yes to yet another commitment, all the while knowing that you don't have the margin in your life to fulfill the commitments that you've already made? Do you find it hard at times to be really, really present when you're with others because you're thinking already about what you've got to do. For the past few weeks, as a church, we've been in what I think is the much needed teaching series, Sabbath, finding rest in a busy world. And as the title suggests, we've been taking a look at slowing down and exploring The invitation that Jesus has made for us to find rest in him. Many of you were here last week. Uh, Nate Hamblin, an old friend of ours, a a friend of Crossroads, one of the former pastors here, was here and he shared what I think was some fantastic truth from Hebrews chapter 4. If you did not hear that message or haven't been to the website yet, I would encourage you sometime this week go there and listen to that message in fact it is so important and vital if you were here last week and you heard that message find some time to listen to it again and here's why friends while jesus extends a personal invitation to each and every one of us to find rest in him he does not force us to rest living a life of rest found in jesus is a choice listen to that again living a, a life of rest that is found in jesus is a choice let that truth sink in in scripture in john ten ten, jesus lets us know that that he came so that we could have an abundant life life to the full Jesus doesn't, despite what a lot of the televangelists preach, he doesn't promise health, wealth, and prosperity. But Jesus really wants us to have a full, a joyous, and abundant life. And I want to suggest to you this morning that living the hurried life, being consistently busy, frantically running at a a rat's race pace, is not the kind of life that jesus has in store for us so if the hurried life is stealing your joy make the choice the choice to pursue the rest that god offers more peace more joy a healthy pace of life is possible but it will not happen on its own in fact the current of our culture of busyness will naturally pull us away from what God intends for us to have. I hope that you will continue to take some time to seriously think about your own life. Take some some time to evaluate the pace of life that you are living. Consider not only the pace of life and the speed at which you are living, But think about the noise that you allow and permit to distract you from maybe living the life that God wants you to live. We're inundated with noise. Telephone calls, text messages, emails, social media, TV, and radio. So this morning and for the next two weeks, we're going to continue to consider the invitation that God has made for us to find rest. Speaking of rest, this is a pretty unique day for Lynn and I, as following this service, we'll jump into the minivan and head to central Illinois for a couple of days to spend some time with my parents, and then we will head off on a summer sabbatical. And at the end of this message, I'm going to share just a little bit uh, about what's going to take place there. But before I do, let's turn to Psalm 127. If you have a Bible or a smartphone, I encourage you to turn with me to Psalm 127. And I'm not sure why we call cell phones smartphones. Did you know, in all seriousness, that uh, research has shown that smartphones are actually making people less smart? I'm not sure if you're aware of this. But you can look this, this, little, uh, this little fact up. The average IQ in America is six points less than it was in 1970. Can you believe that? Research demonstrates that smartphones are making people less social, more forgetful, more prone to addiction, sleepless, depressed, and poor at navigation skills. Now... That's pertinent to Lynn and I here as we're going to do some traveling. We need to get to Psalm 127, but I want to remind you that technology can be a wonderful, beautiful resource, but if it is not handled and managed well, it can actually be very damaging. And I don't know how many of you are on the the newsletter that we send out called The Pulse. It usually comes out on Thursdays. This week, I linked to a, a video that you can find on YouTube, and it's done by a gentleman by the name of Archibald Hart. And he is a a, a doctor, a researcher, uh, and he uh, actually died a couple years ago. He's a South African guy, believer. And uh, he did a, a video talking about how technology can actually change the way that our brains work. At the end of the day, he's not a guy who would say, throw all technology out. He says you just need to use it reasonably and responsibly. And if you don't, there are consequences for that. So I would highly, highly encourage you. It takes about a half an hour to listen to this. It's it's well worth your time. Dr. Archibald Hart, you can find it on our Pulse newsletter. All right, Psalm 127. This is a little psalm, only five verses long. And the heading of this Psalm 127, it will say it's a Psalm of Solomon. Now, Solomon's dad, King David, wrote many, many of the Psalms. There are only two Psalms that are are accredited to King Solomon, and this is one of them. You may remember, again, that, that Solomon was the son of King David. He would become Israel's third king, and he would reign for 40 years. Solomon was best known for his wisdom. And church, I'm here to tell you the wisdom that is available in Psalm 127 uh, that we're gonna be looking at today is powerful. It can actually be life-changing and allow us to more fully experience the rest that God wants us to have. The big idea that falls out of Psalm 127 is written on the back of your bulletin. It's this, living with an awareness that we are loved by a sovereign God allows us to rest even in our busy culture. Even in this broken world that is filled with toil and labor, we can rest because God is sovereign. That's a kind of a church word for the, the truth that God is in complete control. And not only is he sovereign and in control, God loves you and I. Let's take a a look together. Follow along as I read these five verses out of Psalm 127. Solomon writes, Unless the Lord builds the house, the builder labors in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their enemies in the gate. This morning we're going to spend most of our time simply looking at verses one and two. Solomon provides an incredible truth that I don't want anyone here this morning to miss. Let's explore the words of this little psalm together. Starting in verse one, look at that again. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain unless the Lord watches over the city the guards stand watch in vain in verse 1 we see two statements that run parallel to one another and they illustrate the same point Solomon mentions two activities that people have been involved in for centuries and these two activities are building and watching and in the time that solomon wrote this people built physical structures a house is the example that solomon gives here and solomon you may remember was charged with building the first temple in jerusalem and that took seven years to do so he is aware of what uh, it looks like to, to undertake a large building project in the second sentence of verse one Solomon mentions guards who stand watch. Now, back then, people didn't have electric surveillance uh, cameras like we do today. They didn't have systems that had satellite imaging and those sorts of things. So watchmen were posted around the walls of the city 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And they were looking out for invading armies. So these two activities that Solomon mentions represents two activities that most of us are engaged in at some level or another. Much of the busy activity that we're involved in revolves around either building or watching, producing or protecting. Now people today, they still build buildings. Some of you are, are contractors or you're in the trades, and so uh, you do this literally. Uh, it was actually fun to hear some of the building that was going on around here this week. We had uh, saws going and nail guns going and, and could see lumber going up in the back. Uh, if you want after service, you can take a, a peek at some of the progress that's been made. But uh, not all of us are contractors. Not all, all of us physically are out there building but we're all builders. As people, we spend all kinds of energy building careers. We spend energy building relationships, building financial security. People build relationships for themselves. They they build resumes. They attempt to build their future. Uh, Most of the time, when we deem that something we've built is valuable, we then spend some energy and some time protecting it, watching over it. People today spend crazy amounts of energy watching and protecting, watching and monitoring uh, our status that that maybe we built. Uh, People uh, watch their bank accounts, they watch their weight, they watch their GPA. Parents watch out for the safety of their children. And if we're honest, We spend a good amount of time watching other people just to see how we're doing in the game of life. Much of what we do falls into the category of building and watching, producing and protecting. Did you notice that both statements that Solomon makes in verse one contain two pretty identical statements. There are two phrases that, that run identical and, and make the same uh, point. Number one, unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. We see both of these statements, unless the Lord and in vain. If you have your own Bible, I would encourage you to underline the phrase unless the Lord, and then circle in vain in both of those statements. Unless the Lord is what we call a conditional statement. According to the dictionary, the word unless is used to say what will or will not happen if something else does not happen or, or is not true. For example, we might say, unless she practices she won't make the team this fall unless we give the dog a bath he's going to smell in a few days unless we treat our our spouses well your marriage will suffer unless Aaron Rodgers comes back for Green Bay they will not beat the Bears you, you get the point I just threw that one in for Levi now the second phrase, in vain. Take a look at that. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guard stands watch in vain. And in here, the word in vain means what it implies. It means worthless, useless, pointless, futile, a waste of time. Church Solomon plainly states that both a builder's building and a watchman's watching are done in vain unless the Lord is involved in the building and the watching. There's actually a a little Latin motto that describes this truth. Nisi dominus frusta. It comes from the first words of this psalm, without the Lord, frustration. Church, listen to that. Without the Lord, frustration. A life lived without the Lord leads to frustration. Wise King Solomon repeats this twice. And he repeats this verse again in verse 2. Take a look at verse 2. In vain you rise up early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. This is the third time that Solomon uses the phrase in vain. This time he seems to be kind of summarizing what he said in those earlier two statements. The picture here is is of someone getting up really, really early, staying busy through the day, and then going to bed late at night, toiling for food. Today, we might say that this is a person who's burning the candle at both ends. And what Solomon is describing here, church, is the hurried life that our culture promotes and that many of us, myself included, have kind of adapted. It describes an anxious pressure-filled building and watching. Kind of a a never-ending striving for more. In all of verse one and in part of verse two, Solomon provides a simple warning against building our lives on our own. Living as if building and watching, providing and protecting are on our own shoulders. Solomon says, It's pointless, it's useless, it's unnecessary because God, the sovereign God who created everything and everyone, grants rest to those he loves. Church, don't miss this powerful, powerful truth. The Bible says that God so loved the world, you and I, that he gave God so loved you and I that he gave absolutely everything that he could possibly give the truth is even if you are here today and you're not aware of it in his love for you God wants you to experience the rest that he has and offers If Solomon were here today, he would say, as we build our homes, as we look out for our communities, as we work for a living, there is a much, much greater power at force in our lives than simply our human effort. He's talking about our all-loving, all-wise, sovereign God who's in control of absolutely everything that comes our way. So I want to ask a a real important question uh, for personal reflection this morning. Do you live day to day with an awareness that there is a sovereign, all-powerful God who loves you Do you live day to day with an awareness that even when you don't feel it, even when you don't see it, like the song that we often sing, there is a loving God who is at work on your behalf. It's important that we get that. Three times in these two verses, we're reminded that not some of or most of, but all, of our effort is in vain. It's pointless, it's useless, unless it's covered by the blessing that God brings. Now, does this mean that that what we do doesn't matter or that we don't need to to be involved in building and watching? Absolutely not. We do play a part in what God calls us to do, but we don't need to, and we shouldn't, put our ultimate trust in ourselves or in other people, we need to put it in the Lord. Trying to make life work without God is an exercise in frustration. If you don't simply believe my words in that or your own personal experience, uh, think about Solomon. Solomon himself, King Solomon, wrote about uh, his exercise in frustration in the book of Ecclesiastes. In chapter 1, we read that at one point, Solomon devoted his life completely to the hurried life. He worked hard at obtaining knowledge and wisdom, and uh, that proved futile. In Ecclesiastes chapter 2, Solomon says that he filled his life chasing unlimited pleasure, and he undertook great, great building projects. He built houses, he planted vineyards, he made gardens and parks. He amassed all kinds of wealth and possessions. And at the end of the day, this is what Solomon had to say about all that. He said it was meaningless. Meaningless, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. At the end of chapter 12, Solomon says this, Now all has been heard, here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. You see, Solomon came to the place where he understood that the good life was ultimately found in simply having a right relationship with God. In Psalm 127, Verses 1 and 2, Solomon addresses the, the more general activities of life, building and watching. In the final three verses of Psalm 127, he references building a family through children. And to any parents or grandparents that are here today, I'm aware that you would agree with Solomon when he says children and grandchildren are a blessing. But but I'm sure you are also aware that children contribute to the hurried life that we're trying to manage. To be sure, there are any number of of normal, appropriate, understandable concerns and fears that, that parents have when it comes to their children. And some of these fears can keep us from experiencing the rest that God wants us to have. Some of the questions parents ponder are this, is my child developing normally, especially in those early years? There's a lot, of, a lot of eyes on little ones to see how they're developing. Am I teaching my child the things that they need to know about life, about God? That is such a significant, sobering question. Will, will my child be safe in this world? What will this world even be when, when they're an adult? These are all normal, normal kinds of concerns for for any parent, for, for any grandparent. You're not a bad parent to think about these things. But if Solomon were here today, he would give any parent the same advice that he just gave all of us about building and watching, and it would be this. Do your best and trust God with the rest. Mom and dad, just do your best and trust God with the best. Do your best to love them, to train them, to discipline them and provide for your children and rest in the knowledge, church, that your children are ultimately in the hands of a God who is all-powerful and loves your child more than even you do. And parents, I realize that's a really, really easy thing to say but it's, it's a difficult thing to do. Church, this truth that Solomon gives us is so, so simple. It's familiar. I would imagine all of you have heard the truth that I have just talked about. Uh, you and I don't need to live a hurried, rushed, pressured life as if the world were sitting on our shoulders because the God who created us Even knew us before we were born. The God who created us knit us together in our mother's womb. He watches over our every coming and our every going. He already knows the end from the beginning. He's ordained the very number of our days. He has the power to hold the the complete universe together. And he's also the one that makes our next breath possible. Best of all, he offers us the opportunity to rest because he loves us with an everlasting love. As just another point of maybe reflection for us this morning, I want to ask you, is there an area, a, a relationship in your life where you simply need to let more of it go and trust God with it? Is there an area or a relationship in your life where you need to take more of your hands off of it and entrust the God of the universe with it? As I begin to wrap up here, Psalm 127, I want to challenge all of us to, uh, to pursue what John Piper, and if you don't know John Piper, you should. Uh, start to, to read his stuff, listen to his podcast. To pursue what he calls a God-saturated life. And here's how you do that. You pursue a God-saturated life by acknowledging that God is the ultimate builder and watcher. We have a part to play, but we don't have to carry the weight of the world on our shoulders. Secondly, embrace, truly embrace being loved by God. He has given everything he could give. He has demonstrated and continues to demonstrate his love for us. We need to embrace that. And third, trust that the critical, the critical part of building and watching and protecting really are the Lord's. As I've said, yes, we have a part to play, but in the end, if God isn't in it, if he's not in whatever we've got our hearts set on, uh, anything we do to push that through is really a waste of our time. When we keep these three simple truths in mind, we are invited to build and to watch restfully. Solomon uh, didn't write a a lot more of the Psalms, but he wrote a lot of Proverbs. And I want to read two more little sections of Proverbs that I think make this ongoing theme of Solomon uh, true in our hearts. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Proverbs 19:21 says, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Wow, that is, that is a good truth. I want to end with a very, very simple, very, very short Uh, illustration that I hope helps us grab onto this truth that we can rest in the knowledge that we have a loving sovereign God who's truly in control of our lives and that's this when uh, Lynn and I were younger well actually we were younger but when our our two daughters were really young we had a, a little riding lawnmower that had a steering wheel it wasn't the zero turn thing and occasionally they would talk one of us into taking him out and letting them drive the lawnmower. They would sit on our laps and they would have their hands on the steering wheel and they would steer the, dri- the mower wherever they wanted to go in the yard. Unbeknownst to them, mom or dad always had control of the, the steering wheel at the bottom of the steering wheel, and, and thus uh, they were always safe because we were always able to chart the lawnmower in the safe direction. And, and there are times in life friends, where circumstances can roll in on us in such a way that that we feel like maybe God has even abandoned us or or we are not a top priority for him that day. And I want to challenge you not to believe that in any way, shape or form. That is a complete lie. In the book of Romans, the apostle Paul says the truth that Solomon makes in a different way. And he says it this way. And we know that in all things and we know that in all things god works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose church life does not always go according to plan it does not always go according to our time but in somehow and in some way god is actively passionately involved in charting the course of our lives according to his good and his perfect and his pleasing will. This allows us to slow our pace down just a little bit and rest in that truth. I really do hope that you will use even the next two weeks. Take some time today. If you've got uh, a day off tomorrow, take some time and ponder the pace of your life is it sustainable what is it doing to your relationships what's it doing to your family what is it doing to your soul we, we need to really really consider the things that we've been talking about for several weeks and and we'll continue for the next couple of weeks i promise to uh to give you a couple of personal remarks before we ended on the, the sabbatical and uh, first of all, I wanna say thank you, thank you, thank you. So many people have talked to Lynn and I, and uh, one of the themes that we continue to hear people say is you guys really deserve this sabbatical. And I want you to know, before I say what I'm about to say, I want you to know, we, we know the heart that that comes from, and that really means a lot to us. But I, I truly want you to be aware, Lynn and I do not in any way feel entitled to a sabbatical. We, we really look at this as an incredibly generous gift and an opportunity that, that really all of you are making available for us. And so we say from the, the deepest, most sincere way that we can, thank you for the, the gift that you're giving and the love that is behind that. I want to also let you know that, that I in no way consider this my sabbatical. I consider this our sabbatical, not you all's, but Lynn and, and myself. Um, I want to just publicly acknowledge for the past 26 years, Lynn has been just an incredible support uh, to me and, and to Crossroads Church. Uh, for the last 26 years as a pastor's wife, she's worked full-time, been a mother, been a wife, uh, and then many of those years done, done just a tremendous amount around here and and always done that with joy. And so I'm so, so grateful that you're not only providing me the opportunity to to take a rest, but you're you're providing that for Lynn as well. And and we are so thankful for the way this church not only looks after me, but looks after Lynn as well. So I wanna answer just a couple of quick questions and then we're gonna sing an awesome, awesome new song that actually fits into the theme of what we've been talking about. People have asked a number of just simple questions. When you're on your sabbatical, are we going to see you at Crossroads Church on Sundays? And I'm sad to say, truly sad to say, no, you will not. More than likely, you won't see us at at all here on Sundays. And uh, that is because many of the people that have taken sabbaticals, many of the people that have talked to pastors about taking sabbaticals, really stress the importance of disconnecting from the ministry role that you're in. And so uh, while we will not be worshiping with you, we will be listening online and we will be praying for you and uh, we will be worshiping in a variety of other churches in our area and in other places as well. And looking forward to the opportunity really of spending some summer worshiping uh, just in the normal way that everybody does without some of the pressures of, of being a pastor. Other question we get is, what will you be doing? And that's a, a real good question. One is, we are going to be planfully, intentionally resting. Part of that is going to be some some traveling. Uh, this afternoon, we're going to get in the van and we're going to head to Colorado area uh, after a short stop in Illinois. And we will spend about three weeks uh, in God's creation resting and enjoying all that that, that brings. Uh, head down to the Grand Canyon and then back to Northwest Ohio. So For a good part of the summer, we will still be here in Northwest Ohio. We want you to know that uh, if we run into you at Walmart or at Chief or somewhere else, you don't need to turn and go the other direction. In fact, we will be sorely disappointed if we don't get to, on a personal level, interact with many of you during the sabbatical. We are taking a sabbatical from the ministry role, not from our relationships. Uh, Another thing we're going to be doing is is trying to do some meaningful projects and activities. And then just simply intentionally, intentionally pursuing God and what he has for us. And we're really, really excited about that. How can we pray for you? That's the final question that, that I'll answer Pray for safe travels. That certainly is is something we would really appreciate. And then just simply pray for recharged batteries. Uh, You know, what Nate said Sunday really resonated with me when God kind of becomes your full-time occupation or profession, there are ways that his awe, his grandeur, who he is, kind of starts to shrink down a little bit. and I, I don't know about Lynn, but I can say for me personally that uh, my, my view of God needs to grow and I'm, I'm hoping that it will and you can pray for us along that, that lines. The final thing I wanna say is you all are in incredibly, incredibly good hands. Number one, Levi and I and Seth and our, our leadership, we, we are not the ultimate leaders here at Crossroads Napoleon as we just talked this morning. Uh, Jesus Christ is the head of his church. And uh, we, we acknowledge that. But, but Levi and, and the leadership here have done and will continue to do just an, an amazing job leading and guiding and directing. And uh, I would just say anything that any of you do to support, to encourage, to, to love on them in and, and our absence would, uh, would be a real gift to us as well. So let me pray and then invite the band to, to sing what I think is gonna become a, an awesome song here at Crossroads Napoleon. Lord, we are so thankful. For the opportunity this morning from uh, from Psalm 127 to be reminded that you are are large and you are in charge and more than that 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 you love us as uh, collectively as a church family and as individuals you're concerned about uh, everything that goes on in our lives and, and Lord we confess that there are days where we can forget that and we can uh, feel or believe that you're you're asleep at the wheel and, and Lord. Um, we, we recognize that is not true. Would, would you grant us uh, a greater awareness of, of your power and your activity in our lives on a day-to-day basis? Lord, we thank you for Crossroads Church. Thank you for uh, this summer season and time. And I pray for each and every one of us as we maybe again enjoy a little different uh, pace or a different type of life during the summer. Lord, that you will speak to our hearts, Holy Spirit, that you will uh, help us to, to pursue the rest that you have for us. And we thank you for all of this in Jesus' name, amen.